Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. And welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska, somewhere where it's kind of cloudy and gray and sort of dank here in, in Anchorage. And understand my friends in Juneau have uh, rain showers all day and it's dank and cloudy and rainy. And uh, how about you, John? Uh, John Quick, my co-host in Kenai, McKiskey to be exact. How are you doing? Doing good. It's a, a great weekend out here on the Kenai Peninsula. It was sunny and and uh, we, uh, my family, we bought a new trampoline. So we put a brand new trampoline up thanks to uh, Walmart. Uh, you know, don't hold it against me that I shopped at Walmart, but they have made, made in can, China. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. The uh, it was 250 bucks. So, you know, it's uh, it's a great deal and, and it'll provide our last trampoline lasted seven years. So this is going to be pretty exciting. But the political news on the peninsula um, is the uh the city council for the city of Homer voted not to support the patient advocacy bill, which was honestly not too surprising because there's a lot of uh, very liberal folks on the Homer city council and uh, not a lot of them are too fond of representative Vance. And so it was, I think it was less, do we even agree with this and more, we just don't agree with anything Sarah does. So there was a lot of conservatives that were not conservatives and honestly, a lot of the middle of the road folks that just experienced uh, loved ones that were sick during COVID and couldn't go visit their mom that was dying or their dad that was dying is very sad. And a lot of them were a little bit perturbed by the, um, the this kind of slide of the Homer City Council. So that's the scuttlebutt on the peninsula for the weekend. Yeah, and I did read about that in the Homer News, and that was sort of the impression that I got, John, is that uh, it's not so much that they don't want people to see their loved ones when they're dying. They're not heartless people, but they just don't like Sarah Vance, and they don't want to give her a win. And so this just becomes sort of a political thing. And so, um, well, we, we have a pretty good newsletter this morning. And if you don't subscribe to the Must Read Alaska newsletter, I hope you just go to our website, go to the right-hand side at the top. It says newsletter, just plug in your email address. And then every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can get caught up in all the news because we really do put out quite a lot of news and you may miss it, but um, there's always stuff in the newsletter as well that you will not find online. This morning, we uh, there's an item in there about how much rent has gone up around Alaska. And you'll be happy to know, John, that down in your neighborhood, uh, the, the average cost of rent has only risen like 3.6% this year, whereas in Anchorage, it's risen 11.1%. And Fairbanks is, I don't know, 5% or something. And Juneau is like 4%. But uh, we, you'll, you'll find things in the newsletter that you don't find anywhere else. And, and of course, uh, thank you for joining us on the Must Read Alaska show. For those of you who are just tuning in now, we have an amazing guest with us today. And um, oh, before that, John, will you thank Charlie Pierce for sponsoring our show? Yes. Thank you, Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring the show. 
because of uh, his sponsorship, we're able to get conservative news for all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. So thanks so much, Charlie Pierce, for governor, for sponsoring not only this show, but all of our shows for the last month or so. So it's pretty awesome. It is really great to have a sponsor. It really helps us cover our costs. Thank you, Charlie Pierce, for governor. You, your support is amazing, and we really appreciate it. Well, our guest today is Tara Sweeney, and, and Tara Sweeney is running for the U.S. House of Representatives for the state of Alaska. Welcome to the show, Tara. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. And um, you and I have known each other for many years, not real well, but we, we our paths cross at conferences and, and at various events. And uh, we wanted our viewers and listeners to be able to get to know you because um, some of our listeners are not going to be familiar with you. You know, your name is showing up around on advertisements. Of course, it's right in back of you uh, on this pan- on this screen. For those of you who are listening in, Tara has a, a screen in back of her that says Tara Sweeney, U.S. Congress, and a star above her head. Uh, it's a very nice logo. Um, but we wanted people to get a, a chance to know you a little better because you are one of probably the top four or five contenders for this seat at this point and rising, I think, in terms of visibility very quickly. Um, uh, just to remind people of who you are, I'm just going to go briefly over the, the most recent highlights. You were the uh, co-chair of the Don Young campaign this cycle before he passed on March 18th. And um, so then after that, you filed for office, I believe, on April 1, uh, on the last day of filing. A a lot of people filed. You filed on April 1. And so I just wanted to ask you, you know, what made you decide to run? And did Don ever tap you on your shoulder and tell you, like he told Josh Rebeck, that you were going to be the the heir apparent for this, that he wanted you to be the next member of Congress for Alaska? Um, And, uh, you know, just what was the deal with that? Thank, thank you, uh, Suzanne, for having me on and, and uh, for the dialogue. Uh, my first conversation with Congressman Young uh, was happened around 2016, uh, where we were sitting in his office and I was asking him questions about what it was like to, to serve in his capacity. We did talk about uh, succession uh, for his seat, and he asked me a number of pointed questions. And uh, a testament to his leadership really is about uh, his ability to recognize uh, Alaskans who were interested in serving and, and having discussions with them. I know that I wasn't the only person that he talked to, and uh, he recognized that there were many of us that were interested in serving Alaskans in the United States Congress, uh, and he encouraged us to do so. Right, because I guess what I've heard is that a number of people had these kinds of conversations with him and felt like they had been tapped on their shoulder to to run in his stead and when when the time came. And, and I've heard this from a number of people as they, you know, as my paths cross. And I, I'm just curious, why did Ann Young decide to endorse just Josh Rebeck, not you? You were both co-chairs of this campaign. It seems like you were both like doing a ton of work for Don and, and representing incredibly well. And so what made Ann just sort of go one direction? Well, I can't speak for Ann Young. I have a lot of respect for her and I love her dearly. What I can tell you is that I know that I've had I had conversations with Congressman Young and I want to lean into the work that we uh, we 
we did uh, on behalf of Alaska for many, many years, walking the halls of Congress and advocating for issues that were really important to our state's economy. So, right. Go ahead, John. You're, you're next. So, Tara, I have a question for you. I think one of the really cool spots on your resume is that, um, forgive me if I get the dates wrong or the title wrong, but I, in 2018, President Trump nominated you to serve as the 13th Assistant Secretary of the Indian Affairs at the U.S. Department of Interior. I think that is such a huge honor to to have somebody from Alaska, and I think you were the first Alaskan native to serve in that capacity. So talk to us a little bit about how that happened and just kind of um, what you felt in the process. It's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. And uh, so just talk to us a little bit about that. Thank you. Uh, Yes, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm really proud of the work that I did under the Trump administration uh, and working with President Trump and Ivanka Trump on uh, issues impacting uh, Native American communities. Uh, We worked on Operation Lady Justice together, which uh, was a task force that was created through executive order uh, by President Trump uh, to address the the crisis, the epidemic of missing and murdered Native Americans across the country, including Alaska. And one of the accomplishments uh, during that time was also to open a cold case office in Alaska to bring closure to families and justice for uh, the victims of, um, of murder and those that are still missing. Uh, The nomination process was a long process, and uh, it certainly opened my eyes to uh, the strategy for nominees who have to go through and meet with uh, members of the Senate uh, within uh, the committees of jurisdiction uh, for that position. And in my case, it was the Senate uh, Senate Committee on Indian Affairs and and walking through and meeting with all of the senators, listening to them, their issues uh, and uh, walking into uh, a committee hearing where, you know, or at least I did, uh, that some members of the, the committee were going to be in favor of my nomination and others uh, were um, certainly had had questions. And, and when uh, Maria Cantwell, the senator from Washington, uh, began uh, her line of questioning uh, to challenge my, my nomination, I stood up to her. Uh, and that's something that uh, as uh, a as an Alaskan, as a candidate for Congress, I'm I'm willing to do and fight uh, for for Alaska. Mm, very good. Yeah, that was uh, really intense to watch, and it was very disturbing to watch some of the hostility coming from that committee. Uh, absolutely uncalled for hostility, and and I never quite understood why, other than perhaps uh, because of your. Uh, association with native corporations and the fact that that's kind of a unique thing in Alaska and other states don't have that. And there is, you know, there is a certain divide there. Well, let's talk a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up, because uh, we want people to get to know you as a person as well. You are, uh, you, you are very unique in that you grew up way up, way up North. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I grew up in rural Alaska and uh, my parents were teachers 
uh, in at the beginning of their their careers and uh, grew up in in Norvik my the the first years of life uh, and then uh, moved to uh, Barrow uh, where my family is from uh, Wainwright um, in Bethel my father I, I spent my fifth grade year at uh, Kilbuck Elementary School in Bethel and my junior high and high school years, uh, for the most part, in, in Unilakli. I moved back home my senior year uh, to, to Barrow to, and, and graduated, moved on to Cornell University. And when I graduated from Cornell, I moved back home to Alaska because that's uh, where I wanted to be. Right, right. And Cornell is a very intense university. That is sort of, a, that I guess... It is part of the Ivy League. It is a it's a really intense university. Also, a land grant university. It's probably the only land grant university that's that's Ivy League. What did you study when you were there? Uh, industrial and labor relations. Oh my! Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure I know what that is. That's dealing with <laughs> dealing, dealing with unions. Dealing I with guess. unions. Yeah. Oh my god! On both sides, private sector and uh, with the unions. As Good well. for you. And you played rugby too, didn't you? I did. I, yeah. I was an open side flanker, number seven, uh, first 15. I guess that helps you when you're dealing with um, unions, too. And uh, do you have siblings as well? I, I have a younger brother and an older sister. Yeah. And you're, are your parents still around? My mother passed away in 1996, but my father is still uh, living with us in Palmer. Oh, hey, very good. So and so. Um, so after college, then you came back and you, I, did you go right into Native Corporation work at that point? And so give us a sense of that. So I started with Arctic Soap Regional Corporation in 1996, and I started as a special assistant to the president and uh, first vice president in Barrow at the, the headquarters. Uh quickly realized or management realized that um, I wanted operation experience. And so uh, I was transferred to Houston Contracting Company, which is a pipeline construction company uh, within the Arctic Slope family and and worked there uh, for many years. And uh, throughout uh, my tenure over 20 years or approximately 20 years at ASRC um, moved uh, throughout the company. I, I left in 2018 when I was nominated and uh, the position that I held was executive vice president for external affairs. Right, right, right. Nice. So you're, yeah, that's really interesting. And so then you went to the Trump administration and you worked as the, as the director of the BIA for the entire, pretty much the entire time, right? Assistant Secretary for Indian Affairs. One thing that folks don't realize is Indian Affairs is an umbrella organization. And inside that organization, you have several bureaus. You have the Bureau of Indian Affairs, you have the Bureau of Indian Education, uh, and the Bureau of Trust Fund um, Management, in addition to a number of independent offices that uh, help carry out the federal government's trust and treaty responsibility to uh, federally recognized tribes. It's a huge job. So it's not just Bureau of Indian Affairs, it's education and all these other treaty organization or organizational things that you have to navigate, which are very, very um, tricky because uh, we have 
treaty relationships with uh, with tribes across the United States. And it's uh, contentious almost all the time, 24-7, isn't it? I would say so. Uh, if there's a, there are a lot of challenges. You're dealing with public safety issues, education, uh, certainly law enforcement, social services issues, uh, in addition to managing the assets of uh, Native American accounts and um, energy production on Indian-owned Indian lands. Yeah, yeah. Well, now on your on your campaign now, you have a, a lot of support from the native community and for the native corporation community as well as a number of of, of your contemporaries who are uh, especially native women who have gathered around to support your candidacy. And so let's talk about that. You've got an independent expenditure group that you can't coordinate with, but that's running a whole lot of advertising on your behalf. And we appreciate them for advertising with us. You you obviously can't really. Um, get involved in that because these things have to be separate. Right. But um, but are, is is your campaign being run primarily through the independent expenditure groups or are or, or both equal? Oh, no, no. I, I, so I don't have daylight into what is happening on the independent expenditure side. Uh, so I, I like any Alaskan who may see a sign or hear something or see something uh, through social media uh, I'm learning about those efforts as well. Uh, I have my own campaign. I have set up a, a completely independent uh, structure. Karina Waller, former uh, legislative director for uh, Ted Stevens, Senator Ted Stevens, and uh, executive director for the Ted Stevens Foundation. She's taking a leave of absence to manage my campaign. Um, I also have. Uh, Kristen Mellinger, uh, Christina Wollston, and Admiral Barrett as the co-chairs for my campaign. And uh, we we have uh, a number of other it, women in leadership roles uh, throughout my campaign. Laura Edmondson is serving as my treasurer. And uh, I have policy support from Kate Wolgamuth uh, and also Marliana Hall. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. So some really, really um, high octane women from uh, the business community. Absolutely. So uh, Tara, I have a question for you. So, you know, the, the field is uh, packed. We have 48 uh, men and women, Santa Claus is in there. Um, you know, as you think through who possibly could be the top four, what separates you from the pact? What makes you different? What are you going to bring to the table that um, somebody else in the pot, top four possibly wouldn't, or you have a different flavor of how you're going to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. Thanks. Thank you for uh, that question. You know, I, I, I believe that I represent the fabric of Alaska. I bring that rural Alaska perspective uh, coupled with my business background as a corporate executive and currently a small business owner. Uh, in addition to my federal government experience, uh, I feel that I'm the best equipped to serve Alaskans. I have worked uh, alongside our congressional delegation for over 20 years, both in the House and in the Senate. And so I have an acute understanding of the mechanics of the congressional process, but also my executive branch experience uh, with President Trump uh, 
implementing the laws that Congress has passed and understanding from the executive branch the challenges it takes to uh, implement um, good public policy. Well, speaking of that, I, I mean, we've got we've got other uh, lawmakers there in Washington, D.C. We have Dan Sullivan, we have uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski, who is also running for office. And I know that you've supported her in the past. You've done fundraisers for her and such. And but and you're running your own race. I presume you're going to su- support her as well. But I mean, how do you see that relationship evolving if you are elected and she is also elected? What is your relationship with, with Lisa going to be like? I think, you know, I'm an Alaskan for Alaska first, and people have heard me say that. I go back to the fact that I'm a um, Don Young, Ted Stevens Republican, and uh, the ability for the Alaska congressional delegation to work together is something that is unique to our state. And you don't see that uh, across the the Senate and the House or across um, throughout Congress. There are Uh, other states that may not enjoy that same sort of relationship. And that's what makes our state unique and successful and why we're able to, uh, I would say, bring uh, services and uh, support for the state of Alaska. It's because of that uh, tight-knit, good working relationship. Right. And then and then, of course, the, the, I guess the same would be said, maybe if, if for some reason Kelly Shabaka prevails I and mean, Kelly Shabaka is running against Lisa Murkowski. She's a really different personality than Lisa. And she's she's younger. She's more fiery. She's much more probably much more conservative. How do you see that relationship working if you've also aligned yourself with, with more with Lisa? How do you how do you see navigating that? So my leadership style is collaborative. It's about bringing people together. Again, Alaskan for Alaska. I I want to work with a delegation that is willing to roll up their sleeves on the Senate side uh, and, and, and support what is important to Alaskans. Uh, as one member of Congress, uh, out of 435, it's going to be imperative that I also build my own relationships on the House side. And so it's about working together. I think that this country is extremely divided right now. Uh, and we need to, if Alaska is going to continue to, to enjoy the success that it has through the, the um, public policy process, we need a delegation that can work together. No, we sure do. We sure do. And we sure need a delegation right now. We, we're, we've been without a congressperson for several weeks now, and we've got practically a world war th- on the verge of World War III, and we've got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, we, we are very eager to have somebody in there. So you're running for both the temporary seat to, to, that will fill out the remainder of Don Young's um, term in office up to January for when the new, uh, the new session starts, the new term starts, and the new person is sworn in. And you're also running for that seat as well, which is the two-year seat. Mm-hmm. And then that would be something that you would, we would hope that you would be able to do for many, many years to come to build up that seniority that Alaska needs because we only have one, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, now uh, let's t- talk about a, a tough issue. The, this, is the, this is probably the toughest question so far. And that is one that um, always comes up in every panel. It's about abortion because abortion is obviously very touchy right now. 
Um, we've got uh, laws being passed around the country to start ratcheting down from 20 weeks to 16 weeks. And in fact, I think Mississippi has moved its, um, its abortions, uh, legal abortions down to 15 weeks. And so where do you stand on this in, in terms of Roe versus Wade and, and whether or not um, we should be tightening up some of that? Thank you. Um, I take a libertarian approach on this issue. I believe in the sanctity of life and I'm personally uh, pro-life. I do believe that we need to find ways to reduce the amount of abortions, but I don't believe taxpayer funds should be used to pay for those abortions. At the same time, I don't believe that the government has a role in the reproductive choices of women. So period, does that mean all the way up to viability? I mean, because some people really are at the place where they, they think the woman has a right to end that life all the way up to 40 weeks or even maybe after the baby's born. And in some cases, I've actually heard people think that after the baby's born, that the woman still has a right to, to put it out of its life. Um, at what, I mean, everybody's got a line somewhere. And what do you think your line is on this one? Well, I, I do believe that there should be exceptions uh, based off of the facts of the situation, rape, incest. Uh, but again, I go back to the fact that I do believe in the sanctity of life. Yeah. Okay. So a sanctity of life and, um, and, and at the same time, a libertarian approach to letting other people decide what the sanctity of life means to them as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, and now um, on, on the, the issue of transgenders playing in sports came up at the Republican convention. And it was really a kind of an interesting scenario because nobody really had a lot of time to, to dive into this one very deeply. And I think you came out with a you know, compassionate remark saying we, we want to be careful. We don't want to be hateful. And we want to really um, ensure that people who are going through gender confusion or gender uh, identity issues are treated with care. And it may have come out a, a little um, differently than what you intended. So what are, what is your opinion about transgenders uh, playing in women's uh, athletic competitions? How do you feel about this? Well, so I, I'm, I'm going to answer your question. I want to go back to, to the convention because we had 30 seconds. Exactly. And, and uh, I was raised with the entire Inupiaq value system. And one of those is compassion. Uh, and so I lead with compassion. Uh, but with respect to transgender males playing uh, in women's sports, I don't support that. I do believe that there have been a lot of gains uh, through Title IX for women in sports. And so many people have um, fought for the right for women to uh, even play sports. And so, uh, no, I don't support that. I played rugby in college, as you mentioned earlier, Suzanne, and that's a full contact sport. Uh, and I, I, I do know that I would not feel comfortable playing uh, necessarily against a man. Uh, be, they, they ruck harder, they maul harder, they tackle harder. It's a safety issue. And so uh, I appreciate you um, allowing me more than 30 seconds. To <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want you playing rugby against uh, a man either. They, that, would, that would seem like a, a terribly unfair advantage. And and uh, there's a reason that we don't see women tackles in football as well. Um, that's a, 
a full contact sport and women certainly wouldn't be safe. Although we do have a few women who are, are now kickers on, on college football oh. teams, which is interesting. So that's, that's changed a little bit. John, what do you have? Uh, Tara. So I got a uh, question for you. Who, who's it, somebody in your life that you look up to? Who's a hero to you? Um, who, who's inspired you through the years to, you know, you have a, I'm just getting to know you, but you, your resume speaks of going above and beyond and um, uh, kind of knocking the ball out of the park and, and going the extra mile and, you know, being appointed by a president Trump, you know, is a once in a lifetime deal. Like I talked about before, what has inspired you throughout your years to do what you do? I, I have always answered this question with uh, the same person and that's my grandmother uh, May Panigyu, May Amala Panigyu. She uh, passed away in 2017, and um, she was just a remarkable woman, strong, uh, unconditional with her love uh, for all of her children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, great great grandchildren. Uh, and uh, she, when I talk about being raised within the Inupiaq value system, it was through her, uh, her leadership and her love that um, really helped shape who I am today. Uh, my mother is also another woman that I looked up to uh, and have had a very strong relationship with. And uh, it was through the experiences of their lives that really helped, I think, ground me as an individual and give me kind of that that grit and strength to work with no fear. That's awesome. That's just amazing. I love hearing that about your grandmother. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, how people can get to know you and 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 find find you on the campaign trail. Um, where you'll be in the next few weeks, uh, how, how people can reach your website and so those kinds of details, because I know we running out, we're running out of time here. Uh, are you going to be at some forums soon? Uh, what's, what's, uh, what's up next for you? Uh, well, um, certainly traveling to uh, Kenai and Fairbanks also uh, was recently invited to a rural debate in Bethel on May 6th. I will be at the Resource Development uh, Council or the Alliance uh, Group debate on May May 12. Uh, and, and folks can find me on social media. My handles are the same at uh, Tara for Alaska. And my website is uh, www.taraforalaska.com. Uh, you can certainly check out my website. There should be um, a bio on there now. And uh, if, if you're seeking information, you're, you're more than welcome to email the campaign at info at taraforalaska.com. Info at taraforalaska.com. And for those of you who are watching or listening, the election is, uh, you should have a ballot in your mailbox now. So people should have their, their ballots by today. I know some people receive them on Friday and Saturday. Others probably will get them today. I haven't received mine yet, but I'm expecting I'll get it today. 
And um, you will see a, a very daunting ballot. So it, it has 48 names on it and they're in alphabetical order, but it depends on which part of the state you're in, what part of the alphabet it's going to be starting in. We've got 40 districts. And so there are 40 different ballots and a different person at the top of each ballot. And on this ballot, it is not a ranked choice voting ballot. It, you just pick one. So you pick one on this ballot and then the top four people who get votes will proceed to the August 16th election. And that uh, during that election, there will be a ranked choice um, opportunity to, to experiment around with this new ranked choice uh, stuff that all the cool kids are doing, I guess. And so this is an open primary. All 48 are on the same ballot. There are people um, uh, from the Libertarian Party, the Republican Party, the Democrats, lots of undeclareds. And um, I'm not sure if there are any other parties on there, but uh, this is for the temporary filling out the rest of Don Young's seat. So we won't know who this the winner is of this uh, particular election until early September. And that person, maybe it will be Tara, who's our guest today, will be sworn in and then they will serve until January. In the meantime, we've got another election and Tara will also be on, on that ballot in mm -hmm. August. And that will be the primary for the regular election. It's very confusing. It's confusing mostly because we have two general election cycles going on at the same time in the same year. So we're going to have four statewide elections. And it's um, don't feel bad if you're confused. A lot of us are. It's hard to explain. But we want to thank you so much for being on our show today, Tara. Are there, are there other any last words you'd like to, to impart to our listeners? Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk with you, Suzanne and, and John, yeah, and to the viewers. You know, I, Congressman Young spent nearly 50 years uh, fighting tirelessly for our state. And, and I want to continue, continue that legacy. I intend on getting out throughout Alaska uh, and working to uh, earn your support and your vote. Thank you. Excellent. Most, it's been a most pleasurable time to be with you and to get to know you and have our listeners get to know you. And I know that I have friends in Juno who sent me messages today saying, how can I hear the Tara interview? Because everybody wants to hear this interview. So you've got a lot of fans out there. So for everybody else, if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, thank you so much. It really makes all of this possible for us to stand up for what's right in Alaska. We are a force for good in Alaska. And Must Read Alaska is a force to be reckoned with. There's no question about that. We really appreciate you tuning in to the conservative side of the news. And the donate button is on the right side of the page. Hit that donate button. That pays for all this technology and fancy stuff that we've got to keep going here. Um, we will have more stories today up at mustreadalaska.com. And John, you have the podcast on Wednesday, and I understand you have Representative Laddie Shaw, right? Yep. Uh, Representative Laddie Shaw will be on Living Hero, so it'll be fun to hear from him. And so thanks again to Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring this podcast. Charlie Pierce for Governor has sponsored our podcast for the last month or six weeks, and we truly appreciate your support. Until next week, everybody, I'm signing off from somewhere in Alaska.